Welcome to the Empty Opinions Podcast, bitch. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the new edition, the new format of the show, yeah. But we still got these badass intro music. Yeah, you know this, how I do this, I don't care. I don't really care. All these people so weird. You know I gotta hit it with a freestyle. You know I'ma be real wild. Oh my god, I forgot how to freestyle. It's been so long, but I just brought it back. Cause you know I got the back. One day, I'ma get my fucking back. Ain't nobody get bad at me. Ain't nobody get mad at me. You know I'ma get back at you if you did some dirt on me. And I'm about to start this show right now. Homie, yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's been so long since I've done a freestyle. It's been a long time. It really has. Usually, you know, I used to do the freestyles all the time in the old format. This show has gone through at least five formats of how I want this show to go. But, you know, new year, new change of mind. You know, I can't stick with one decision, which is something I've actually discovered recently just in my personal life. It's just, you know, since I was younger, I did a lot of things differently. And my parents would always, like, reprimand me for doing those type of things. And now it's led to this thing where, like, I can't really trust myself with any decision because I, I don't know if I'm making the right decision or not. And that kind of indecisiveness is bad in all aspects of my life, including tending to trust everybody except myself. So like whatever decision I want to make, I got to make sure that everybody around me gives me their point of view for me to make my decision instead of just going, you know, and doing what uh, I should be doing. It's a very personal way to start the episode, but hey, that's the way this new format works. But I'll tell you guys how this new format of the podcast is going to go. Every Mondays at 12 a.m. or 8 a.m., just Mondays in general, I don't know exactly when I'm going to make the time. I think I'm going to keep it at 12 a.m. just to stay consistent. But every Mondays, new episodes of the actual Empty Opinions podcast, you know, the show, I guess you could call it. The structured podcast episode is going to go out every Monday and then... There's this thing called bonus opinions I'm going to start on Fridays where, uh, well, not every Friday, just in case there is a bonus opinion. So bonus opinions isn't going to be a very, you know, isn't going to be the most consistent thing in the world. You know what I mean? It's just going to be the show where I talk to other people and I make the show about them instead of, you know, making the main podcast about just guests because I feel like that's going to detract from, you know, people coming back to this, to, to the main show. You know what I mean? Like if you only are checking out a podcast based on a guest, you're not really going to have that many like loyal people or like the show isn't going to be as consistent as you would want it to be. So I decided, you know what, to fix that every Monday is going to be me, at least for now, there might be a co-host in the future, but it's just going to be about the show itself. That's what the Monday's episodes are going to be. And if there is a Friday episode, those Friday episodes are called bonus opinions where I talk to somebody else, where I have some sort of guest. It could be a celebrity, it could be a friend, just any guest that I would have a conversation with. Those will be separate from the main show on Monday. So that's the way that I'm going to do it. I probably should have kept that in housekeeping, but there's other stuff to, to you know, to keep in the house later on. But um, the way that these episodes are going to be structured is going to be empty rants. There's going to be a break in the middle called housekeeping, where I just do housekeeping to tell you everything that's going on in the empty opinions universe. And then the third, you know, segment of this podcast is going to be empty reviews, where I just kind of talk about things that I've been watching and listening to recently. So those are the three, I guess, parts of the podcast. I might add a fourth segment where I just talk about personal shit, but that's tricky because I don't think nobody gives a fuck. <laughs> like, that's my mistake that I've done. It's like, who really cares about what's going on in my personal life? You know what I mean? Let me wait until there's like a million people listening to this podcast and they actually care about the host, Eladio Polanco, me. And then uh, then maybe <laughs> then maybe I'll, uh, I'll, I'll think about talking about my personal life for that you can go to my socials no you can't my socials are strictly for you know fun you can't trust anything in my socials all right i'm i'm, I'm procrastinating enough let's just jump into let's just jump straight into the first segment of this new format of the show uh empty rants and the first thing i want to talk about actually no let's do empty reviews first and then we'll do empty rants in the latter part of the podcast 
So we're going to do empty reviews first, then the housekeeping, and then we're going to jump straight into empty rants. And, it's, and no, it is not. Listen, stop stop accusing me of stuff that I didn't do. I didn't do this change because I, couldn't, I wasn't able to record the first part, so now I'm juggling everything around to try to make the fucking podcast look good, even though the camera didn't work for 30 minutes. I didn't do that. That's your assumption, not mine. <laughs> but all right, let's start with empty reviews. The first thing I want to talk about, I just saw episode three of the first season of WandaVision on Disney Plus. This is one of the this is the first MCU show that connects into the movies. It is part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's both movies and shows now. And I just saw episode three and um now things are kicking. Listen, if you were one of those people that didn't like the sitcomy aspect of it and were like, I need more Marvel bullshit. I need more Marvel shit. You know what I mean? So more mind bending shit. Need more special effects. I need all that shit right now. Well, you kind of got it in the, you know, the ending of episode three. So there's going to be spoilers for episode three of WandaVision. So if you haven't seen the show, if you haven't seen this episode specifically, or the whole show, because I am going to spoil the past two episodes as well. If you haven't seen any of these episodes, just skip part you know through this but make sure you come back once you've watched it and i'll just talk about what i liked and didn't like i mean there's nothing really i didn't like except that the sitcom feel of this episode compares to you know compared to episodes one and two i didn't laugh as much for this episode like the humor didn't grab me as much like that humor for episodes one and two for me were like damn near perfect i loved it but for episode three, it's supposed to be like now we're in the 70s and it's in color and, you know, different angles and stuff. But there was something that like I was expecting it to, at least for the humor, to stay on course with how funny it was episodes one and two. But it didn't really live up to my expectations that those two episodes created in terms of the humor and overall enjoyability. Now, I think it's losing its charm because now it is fully going into that MCU realm, which I also enjoy. But it's like... It's funny because I'm the opposite of most people because, like, most people were, like, they wanted uh, the MCU-type vibes first and then relegate the sitcom vibes for the, you know, for later or, like, not put so much of a priority for that. But this show did the opposite. Like, it started off with, like, heavy and a heavy emphasis on sitcom charms and vibes. Uh, and then the MCU stuff is being revealed, like, slowly, like a slow burn. And I enjoyed the way they were doing it, but now it's like flipped. So, you know, and I knew it was going to come, but I didn't know it was going to come this fast. We're like, now we really see what's going on outside of this reality. You know what I mean? Because we already hinted in episode one, right? We saw that, you know, Wanda's life, WandaVision, this show, the sitcom, somebody else is watching it. So it's like a show within a show. So we saw that at the end of the first episode. Then at the end of the second episode, we saw Wanda being able to rewind time whenever she chooses. Then we're like, oh, wow. Yes. So she might be in control of this. We don't know for sure, but she might be in control. But now in this third episode, we see her dumping this lady. I don't know her name, the actor or the character, but you know what I'm talking about, the Afro black lady. She ends up throwing her outside of the dimension into what seems like the real world. So at this point, we know for sure, okay, this is something that Wanda is in control of but the thing that is interesting and I have questions after this episode I didn't really have questions in the past two but I definitely have questions now into how this is going to play out because it seems like Vision is independent of everybody else that's created in this universe right like everybody else in this universe seems to know they're in some sort of um weird universe weird reality right like we see them almost telling Vision that they know what the fuck is going on, that they're all in this reality, right? But um, they don't. And there's like, ah, oh, continue with your day. And then Vision is really the only one that's kind of confused as to what's going on. Everybody else kind of knows their roles and is playing it. So if Vision, but the, here's my question, is Vision alive or dead? Because from what we last saw in the movies, obviously he's dead, but he seems to be autonomous in his critical thinking in this episode. If he was dead and he was just a creation of wanda's like reality i feel like he wouldn't be questioning what is going on he would just play along with it but maybe the vision part of this wonder reality is the part of wanda that wants to wake her up and tell her that she needs to accept reality right but regardless i mean you know the colorized version it actually looked incredibly good like i love just the way it looked like the cinematic quality of it was great 
One thing that annoyed me a little bit is that they, like, the, this whole episode and then the past two episodes, a lot of the comedy has come from them hiding the fact that these guys are superheroes, right? And they've been doing that a lot, and they do that for the majority of this episode, but it comes to a point where, like, um, you know, like, they clearly use their powers, and everybody around them sees that they're using powers, and they're, like, kind of playing oblivious, like, oh, I don't know, but... You just saw that. So now, so that annoyed me because like you've been trying so hard and it's been incredibly clever how they've done this thing of like hiding their magic or their superpowers to other people and treating the other people as like real and the audience is like, yeah, how are you going to mask these superpowers? And they've done it successfully so far. So when I saw that they kind of stopped doing that and now the characters are just dumb, I can roll with it because obviously it's a sitcom. So they're probably like play stupid or whatever. But I didn't like how they stopped doing that in this episode. And I don't know if that's intentional or not. But that did bother me. Uh, one uh, moment that I liked of the episode was that um, when Vision starts telling Wanda, listen, something's fucking wrong here. What the fuck is going on? And then Wanda, it, and I assume it's Wanda that did this. I'm pretty sure it's Wanda. At this point, we should know Wanda is the one manipulating reality right now, right? And then when uh, Vision says that, and then it just cuts to a black screen, like, really quickly, and then it goes backwards. It wasn't even, like, a rewind effect. It was just, like, a frame or two, like, almost a damn near scene back. I was like, oh, my God. That that was really creepy and well done. So I love the way that they keep showing Wanda's, you know, capability of manipulating reality and the different ways that she does it. The other thing that I found really cool... Uh, what's just how, um, like, like in a sitcom fashion, like she's pregnant really quickly and she's about to give birth. She gives birth to twins, which is apparently notable from the comics. I didn't read the house of M comics, so I don't know what the fuck is going on with that, but she does that. And, and, and now as she's like getting contractions or whatever, I love the way that it was manifesting and it raining and the, the, the fucking dishes flying out and the, the fire turning on and all that kind of shit. And that was really interesting, uh, the way they did it. It was just cool to see that. It reminded me a little bit of I'm Thinking of Ending Things, if you've seen that movie, but, like, way <laughs> way less fucking crazy and cynical. That movie's nuts. I think I need to see it again because that movie lost me, like, two-thirds in, and then the last third, like, went, I don't know. It almost reminded me of some Lynchian shit, how crazy the movie went, but that's besides the point. I just really like this episode. It wasn't a, It's not my favorite. I think my favorite is episode one. I would say I think I liked one the most so far. But three is the one that's really going to get the casual viewer in and the mystery. Because now we're seeing, like, we're getting a clearer picture of what's going on. And one last thought I want to say before I move on from this uh, episode of WandaVision. Like, after this, there just has to be a superhero sitcom that either ABC... Or I'm 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 shocked that this isn't a thing already. Like I'm shocked, like NBC or ABC or USA or whatever channel you want. You know, NBC. I said NBC. What what are the channels? What are the other channels? CBS. Like I'm surprised these like channels that are still doing sitcoms to this day aren't doing like a superhero sitcom. This would be a fucking hit. You know what I mean? And people love superheroes, so yeah, do it any channel like. Use this as an example. It's almost like a backdoor pilot for any other network to be like, oh, we can do that. People are going to love that. So do it. Go ahead and do it. Without the MCU mystery, I think just in its surface, I would watch it. It's just enjoyable. You know what I mean? So uh, those are my thoughts on episode three of WandaVision. I can't wait to see how the season progresses and things get crazier and crazier and crazier. All right. I also saw a movie. That was a show. I have a show, a movie, and an album or EP that I want to talk about. So that's good. It shows my range and the kinds of things I consume, the type of media I consume. Uh, but now I want to talk about the movie I'm Your Woman. Uh, I wish I had all the information on it. I, I'm, I'm just not going to be that type of person, man. It's just like I'm not about to, you know, I appreciate. I know. Here's the thing. I know it's pro- produced by the guy that produced La La Land because he liked my review on my letterbox. So. That's how I know that piece of information about the casting of this movie or the casting crew. The guy liked my review. And the more I reread it, my review that I did on Letterboxd, the more I'm like, this review is fucking spot on. I'm a fucking amazing writer. I'm a great critic. I'm going to rule the world. 
<laughs> no. No, but yeah, so I'm your woman on Amazon Prime. It stars the lady from uh, 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 the, the <laughs> beautiful Mrs. Maisel. Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. <laughs> beautiful Mrs. Maisel. I was in a class and I was talking about I saw this movie. And I called the show The Beautiful Mrs. Maisel, or like The Gorgeous Mrs. Mabel. It's The Marvelous Mrs. Mabel. The, the lady from that show, she's in this movie, and she's a housewife to this guy who does something mysterious. We don't know. And I I, I don't think I'm going to do a spoiler review of this movie. So I'm just going to talk about just what I liked and didn't like without spoiling anything. Um, but yeah, so she's the housewife to this guy who's like, does something, I don't know, he works on something and does something, we don't know, it's secretive, but we do know that one day he just shows up with a baby, we never learn where this baby came from, or who, how he got the baby, we just know he has a baby, and now he's giving it to this girl, the, the, the this housewife, or this girlfriend, that now becomes a housewife, and isn't really good at it, you know, she isn't good at feeding the baby, isn't good at taking care of it, isn't good at, like, making eggs, she's breaking them fucking shits on the, on the ground, <laughs> she doesn't know how to make them, but you know, she's adopting, or they adopt a baby, I think, maybe he stole it, who knows, but she's adapting to having a baby now in this relationship, and then one day, nobody knows, the, the guy disappears, the husband disappears, and now there's somebody who's there to take care of her and the baby, and uh, shit happens, and I'm not gonna go into more details, because that would be spoilerish, those would be spoilers, but this movie's really interesting, like I said in my review, because this movie is like a drama, right? It, it, it's it's a thriller, or at least I thought it was a thriller coming into it. And I was looking at it in that lens. And the movie, in a certain way, is a thriller. Because even the fact that I didn't really want to spoil it, there are legitimate like twists or, or like plot reveals, right? So we never know. The, the, the audience is kept in the dark along with, alongside the main character for a long time. And there's shocking things that happen, right? So in that way, it's a thriller, and the story keeps progressing in crazier and crazy ways. I'm a fan of thrillers, so I enjoyed that. But the way that it diverges from it being a thriller is when it comes to the fact that... I don't know if this is a spoiler, but it's uh, it, it kind of is. So I'm not going to say the way I want to say it. I'm going to say it this way. Um, the rest of the movie doesn't play out like a traditional thriller. And then at that point, you're just like, oh, so I guess if... At that point, you can choose, okay, this is a thriller and it was unsatisfying. Or at that point, you can look at it in another genre or, or look at it in another lens. And it's that it is a drama about this woman who is learning to be self-fulfilling or like independent in a way, right? Like that's what the movie kind of turns into in terms of like the point of it by the second half of the of the movie. Uh, so, in you know, I can appreciate it for that as well. I thought it, that part of it was very well done. Uh, so that's kind of the thing that confused me a little bit while watching this movie. I just didn't know what this movie was going to be or what type of movie it was, right? So that, that kind of, this is one of those movies I want to rewatch again because it w I would feel more clear about what I'm watching and I'll probably enjoy it more and appreciate it more. But even, even with not, with only having watched it once, like, and I can, I can tell you the way this movie shot, it looks gorgeous. The acting is great. The story is really interesting, right? Like I said, like, there's a lot of reveals and a lot of interesting aspects to this world. The world building is crazy. I didn't mention this in my letterbox review, but the world building of this movie is really fucking awesome. It was really unexpected how how well the world building felt. It almost felt like, um, like John Wick in a way, if I can compare the world building which the world building in those movies are also great, so high praise for that. And uh, the writing is great, you know, and the acting is great, and the story legitimately goes places you may not know where it's going. Um, the tension and suspense that it creates is great. All that shit is great, and the thematic elements like, you know, becoming self-fulfilling, self-fulfilled and independent. All that shit is great. It's just, you know, this... The, you know, I wasn't sure what type of genre it was, and, you know, it's good because that way you can't really box this movie in a place, but it also made me, like, tense beside, asides from the suspense that it was creating. I was just like, what am I watching? What is this, right? Like, I needed some clarity in that sense, and I was kind of on, I didn't know which way the, the movie landed for the whole time I was watching it, but don't let any bad, there's really no bad thing about it. It was just my, the, my expectations, my 
predispositions coming into this movie that made me feel weird about the movie but don't let that distract you from this movie being really good and you should watch it on amazon prime video for sure you should watch it um and that's my movie review and now let's move on to my album review which is really an ep review but i'll fucking call it a project review because i know it's an ep but in terms of eps it just it's it's unfair to compare this to other eps and but Jasmine Sullivan wants us to call it an EP. So I just call it a plot, a project and it's hotels, not hotels, which is maybe part of the play on words, hotels. And there's different rooms with different hoes. Um, I don't know. I think I just made that up. It's hotels. If you say it really quickly, hotels, 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 sounds like a hotel, like a, like a motel, but it's not, uh, it's hotels, but you can't say whore and you can't say ho, H-O-E. That would be tacky. So you got to spell it H-E-A-U-X. Hotels. Uh, which is exactly what... Uh, <laughs> this is a weird... This is going to be a weird connection that I just made. But I just remembered this. This is what Noah Cyrus called Candace Owens. Like a hoe. <laughs> ho ass or whatever the fuck. <laughs> a traveling ass hoe. Whatever the fuck Noah Cyrus thought was acceptable to say to... Uh, Ken and so was a black woman, but yes, I'm reviewing hotels by, uh, ho pause tales by Jasmine Sullivan. Um, it's great. It's, it's going to be one of the best projects of the year. And it came out on the first, like two weeks of January. So that should tell you how good people think it is. And it is good. The basic, it's like a, it's a, it's a conceptual project, a conceptual project. It's just about exploring the viewpoints of different hoes. You know what I mean? And what and that what their perspectives are, right? Which is already a cool ass concept, right? Like already I'm like, okay, yeah, this is gonna this is a project. That's why I don't consider it really an EP, even though she calls it an EP. I consider it more like a body of work of music because yeah, it's like a concept, there's enough runtime and there's enough songs for me to feel like this is a project, is well done. There was a lot of care put into it. So it's not like three, four songs thrown in there. It's like here's my little EP. This is like a thought out project with like a bunch of skits and it is like four or five songs which is why i can see what she calls it an ep but it's like crafted in a way that it doesn't feel like just let me throw out these four songs for people to enjoy it let me throw this ep out so i consider it a project and it's really good and we get the skits like i mentioned already the skits are like you know it's about it's funny because it is hotels right like the the way that the title implies right so it's like it goes from like in the intro, her talking about one perspective of being a hoe, then spoken word of being uh, what type of hoe. That's like the hoes that fuck rich guys, the hoes that fuck broke guys, the hoes that, you know, just want to get uh, have a better life, the hoes that only care about the money. It's like all those different types of perspectives put into one. And uh, there's only like two or three songs that I didn't enjoy musically, but... Those songs don't even, I don't even dislike them. I only really dislike them if I try to hear it like individually. But if I put this whole project out, like if I put it on, like if I had the vinyl and just put, made it play the whole thing, like those songs wouldn't bother me at all because it, it would go, it would flow well with the, with the project. So in terms of a project, if I'm reading this, just as a project, it's really fucking good. And it's definitely going to stay. Oop. It's definitely going to stay in the conversation for the rest of the year. And it should, because it's like, in terms of R&B projects, you don't get concept R&B projects like this anymore. I say that knowing like a month ago, Masego put out a concept EP R&B project. Whatever. I'm talking about, let's, it's not that common. And now they're happening a lot, but it's not that common. So it was just cool listening to this and the story was telling and that it had something to say. And I mean, my standout songs would be like Price Tags with Anderson Pack. Uh, the, uh, fuck, what can I remember? Uh, uh, the only one or yeah, I think the only one is what it's called or your only one. I don't remember what the fuck the song is called, but I like one of those songs. I like the song with her more in the flow of the project than just the song individually. Um, what other songs did I like? I like this song with, uh, with <laughs> Ari Lennox. See on it. <laughs> <laughs> that's what the song that's what Ari Lennox's voice sounds like in my head but like way beauty but it's way more beautiful in real life sit on it listen if you hear a song talking about please sit on it and let me spit on it 
has to be in your top five of the year automatically. Doesn't matter what the fuck comes out this year. I don't care if a fucking Tabimba Butterfly comes out and it's the fifth best project of the decade. I'm putting this project over it because somebody was singing, let me sit on it and let me spit on it. So, but yeah, that's going to be it for my review of Jasmine Sullivan's Hotels. All right, let's stop right there and do a little bit of housekeeping. This is going to be the segment of the podcast where I either advertise some ads for whenever I make money on this fucking podcast or just tell you what's going on in the Empty Opinions universe. So first, I want to start with my social media. Please follow me at Eladio Talks on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at E-L-A-D-I-O Talks, Eladio Talks. Letterboxd, if you don't know, it's where I you can record the movies that you watch and the commercial, not a commercial, this is a commercial sound, but like movies, uh, and you can write reviews about it, you can rank it, list it. It's like a social media for a movie fan. So if you're a movie fan like I am, you can go follow me there in Letterboxd. So that's what that is. But, you know, typical, you know, the usual uh, uh, suspects, is that the term? Yeah, the usual starts <laughs> the suspects, Twitter and Instagram. I'm in there. If you want to follow the podcast and the brand socials, so you know what is going on in the Empty Opinions universe, you know, when things happen now when i tell you right here in this segment uh it will be my empty opinions on twitter instagram and tiktok i'm in fucking tiktok of all places you know what i mean i'm a hip young guy i understand there's a lot of people on tiktok tiktok is about to pass facebook i I can already see it like it's gonna be really crazy how many people are on tiktok it's tiktok is already worse than facebook in my in my honest opinion but that can be a separate empty rants um uh so yeah subscribe to the youtube channel uh it's just youtube.com slash c slash empty opinions you just type that in and my channel will pop up subscribe to it hit the notification bell so you know when new videos come out and if you're listening on apple podcast specifically please give it five stars so i can appear in the new and noteworthy or like you know people can discover me you know there's the algorithms for apple Podcasts are really weird people don't really discover podcasts on apple Podcasts, but you know by giving me five stars in a review you know it can really put the podcast in a place where like more people discover it so that would always be good um and you know if you write a review i will read it on this segment on, on this housekeeping segment of the podcast i'm sure some people have and i just haven't seen it my phone is all the way over there uh <laughs> so i can't read it now but in the next time i'll read them i promise um but in terms of like content i put out mainly on the youtube channel i did a reaction to smino's new song mlk drive if you want to see a reaction to that song it's on the channel also a reaction to Pooh shaisi who's like a relatively new artist is really hot in these streets he put out a song called guard up i reacted to that i talked about one division episodes one and two i'm gonna be doing episode three review or i already did it depending on when you're hearing this um you know i'm doing the third episode on this specific episode but you know i already put out like a separate video on the youtube channel talking about the first two episodes so if you want to see my thoughts on those first two episodes you can go over there and uh, also i just put out a video about james harden's trade and how it affects sixers fans uh that was a great episode i did with my friend uh dion he's a youtuber as well he uh, his youtube channel is not a critic he does similar things like reactions and reviews so you can follow him there his editing is top notch so at least follow him just for that his editing is way better than mine i'm just good at talking he's good at talking and fucking editing so you can check him out but uh yeah that's everything i have written down for housekeeping so now let's jump into the second half of this episode the first thing i want to talk about is trump pardoning Lil Wayne and kodak black amongst many other people but the only people i really give a fuck about is Lil Wayne and kodak black yeah, so now we know why Lil Wayne was doing that. <laughs> if you remember a long time ago, Lil Wayne, not that long ago, probably like about three, four months at most. I don't remember exactly how long it's been since he did that, but a long time ago, Lil Wayne took a picture with Trump and the whole black Twitter, not only black Twitter, but the all of black people were like, oh, that sellout, that coon, that combined with the statements that he's done about being black and his out view, his you know his view on the world, his worldview, uh, made a lot of people mad at uh, Lil Wayne. So people were already on 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 you know, on guard. You know what I mean? They were ready to like come at Lil Wayne. But this kind of gave him the perfect excuse to just you know cancel him pretty much. He was kind of canceled. Then he put out like a couple of songs, and I think he put out a deluxe edition. 
put out a couple of mixtapes, and I guess he wasn't uncanceled. I don't know. Canceled? Who the fuck is canceled anymore? You know what I mean? Nobody fucking knows. Nobody's ever canceled. Let's talk about that. No, we won't talk about that. I have a topics. <laughs> I have a bunch of topics. Let me get comfortable here because I'm going to be talking for a long time. But yeah, Trump um, pardons Lil Wayne and Kodak. I'll, I'll tackle Lil Wayne's thing first. Now it's obvious that Lil Wayne was just doing those photo ops so that Trump would pardon him, right? And so if you know that he was just kind of playing the game and like manipulating Trump in a way, and not really manipulating, but like they were, they were both going to gain something out of it. Like, can you really blame Lil Wayne, especially for just a picture? You know what I mean? Like if, if, cause you know, now we know that he just wanted to get out of prison cause you know, it was going to prison, but he was able to secure that fucking presidential pardon, which is fucking big. You know what I mean? Like ask Kodak Black how he's feeling now that he's out of jail where he possibly wasn't going to get out of jail. Um, speaking of that, Trump probably should have pardoned, um, uh, Bobby Shmurda. People would have been really glad if he did that. If he did that, I think Trump chose the wrong black people to pardon. <laughs> I think these were like, people were like, they're happy, but they were like, I don't know, Lil Wayne, you're questionable when it comes to our black community. And then Kodak Black is like, this motherfucker is going to go back to jail in six months. But um, Bobby Shmurda, who a lot of people have been waiting for him to come home, bruh, that would have been a bigger deal than Trump pardoning Joe Exotic, which he didn't do, which is hilarious. Joe Exotic was just, you know, chilling, just waiting for his moment to shine once again. Had a limousine and everything outside of his shit and nothing. That's what, listen, that's, if, if you could take that as a life lesson, just take that as, as this. Don't count your chickens before they hatch. It's a very white saying that just popped into my brain just now. I don't know why I said that, but you know what I'm trying to say? Like, don't, don't, we should just call that. Don't, don't do, uh, don't pull a Joe exotic. Don't, you know, don't get too excited before something's set in stone. Same could be said for me when I thought I was going to give my ex an Uber ride because I'm working at Uber and I said, you know, her name, almost said her name just now. It said her name and I was like, oh my God, I'm going to give her a ride. What the fuck is going to happen? I started selecting the music that I was going to choose. So when she got in the car, it will be a song that she liked. Turns out it wasn't her at all. So, you know, I pulled the Joe Exotic. That's what we need to call it now. Um, but yeah, Trump didn't pardon Joe Exotic, but did pardon Lil Wayne and Kodak Black. Um, yeah, he should have just pardoned Bobby Shmurda. And I think that's all that I got to say with that. I mean, Trump, you know, Trump is such an interesting person because I feel like, is he racist? Is he not? People say he's racist. I don't think he's racist. Um, but he's certainly, it's fair to call him one because he's playing on that kind of shit, right? I don't think he's personally actually racist, but he just kind of knew what he had to do to be successful and, you know, have a shit ton of people come out and vote for him, right? Like, he knew that those fucking racist people were attracted to him for whatever reason. So all he did was just kind of hammer it home and be like, oh, you know, call to arms or that. And that's where Trump go. That's why you can't really... Trump is fucked up for doing that because it's like, he's treating, he's treating it like a game. Like, I want to win this game, this presidency. So I'm just going to evoke, you know, I'm going to make these fucking radical QAnon racist people like get active. So they vote for me. Meanwhile, that can destroy a whole country <laughs> like that's damaging to a whole fucking nation just because you want to win. Right. So that's kind of fucked up. But personally, I don't think Trump is actually racist. Um, he just did what he had to do. He just did what he knew was going to get him as close to the finish line as possible. Like, you got to think about it this way. Like, think about. You know, uh, I'm going to compare Trump and his racist fans to the Barb's, <laughs> which there's, they're shockingly similar. If you think about it, the Barb's and, and, and MAGA people, <laughs> they're both, or QAnon, they're both like just cults. The Barb's are in a cult, by the way, the, 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 the Nicki Minaj fans are for sure like cult members. But the reason I'm, I'm comparing it to that, it's like, when Nicki Minaj wanted to get a number one song, right? She went to collaborate with 6ix9ine after he read it, right? And everybody was just like, oh, this this is disgusting. Nicki, why would you do this, right? But she knew that if she collaborated with him, that was going to get her really close to number one. And you know what else she knew? She knew if she called upon her barbs 
to propel her after she did such a you know dishonorable move by making a song with six nine like he, she knew that if she did that that they were gonna go to the top with it you know what i'm saying like and they did the only thing that happened was the first week they were number one the second week they were like 80 in the in the billboard the top 100 so you know it, it's like temporary success but it falls off and that's kind of what happened with trump trump played that you know he really drove that racist thing home won the first time but it was just too fucked up for anybody to support it a second time so yes i did compare Nicki Minaj to trump and uh her collaborating with six nine with trump <laughs> what you know uh what the fuck is that term like uh uh dog whistling his racist supporters that's what you come to expect here in the Empty Opinions podcast. But yeah, Trump pardoning Lil Wayne and Kodak Black is fucking crazy. One of the actually like an appropriate way to start 2020, if I'm honest with you. I can't believe it's still January, but you know, January continues to roll on. They stormed the Capitol and Trump pardoned Lil Wayne and Kodak Black. That's just what it is. Um, but sticking with presidential shit and politics and that kind of stuff, uh, Joe Biden in the same time, so like the day before. Or I think the same day, you know, uh, was it a day before? No, it was just the day before Trump pardons Lil Wayne and Kodak Black. Then the next day, Joe Biden, you know, is sworn into president. And Kamala Harris, you know, is sworn in for vice president. And um, and it's their inauguration. And something really odd happened where, like, I was seeing all the hype that was going on. Like, with everybody, like, posting about Joe Biden all the memes that were coming, Michelle Obama showing up, you know, Barack Obama showing up, the ladies like dressing in monochromatic like colors and shit. And people were really hyped and people were really like excited that Joe Biden was sworn in. And I wouldn't really have a problem with this because what a lot of people have been saying since Joe Biden was running and because a lot of people ever since Joe Biden started running, obviously everybody was just like, this ain't the best guy for the job. You know, we hate Joe Biden. Joe Biden's ass. He's done a lot of horrible things. I don't. We don't know if he's really in our side or not. It feels like tokenism, what he's doing right now for running for president and, and just the past aggressions that he's done. Right? That's what everybody was saying. But then, you know, people would just be like, yeah, but we need to get Trump out of office. That's what we need to do. We need to get Trump the fuck out of office. And I was like, okay, sure. So then you're more supporting getting Trump out than you are supporting Biden. Okay, I get that. I'm not mad at that. You're not really you you're not really that big of a fan of Joe Biden, right? That's what I thought. That's what it seemed like for leading up to Trump losing, right? But then so but this is what confuses me about the inauguration with Biden and everybody celebrating. It's like I don't see one mention of Trump, which is good, which is great. And it's probably killing Trump in the, in the inside, right? And maybe the outside if he was able to tweet. Uh, well, actually, I think he is able to tweet now. I think they give it to him back because, you know, he's not a president. Whatever. Fuck you. Um, you know, you, you can have your fun now with your followers. You don't have actual. Well, he might still have power, but regardless. So Biden is sworn in. And I'm thinking people are going to be like, yeah, like celebrating. Yeah, Trump is finally out of office. Fuck that guy. We hate him. Like, I'm thinking this is what's going to be in my timeline, right? Because everybody was just excited to get Trump out of office, right? That's what everybody told me. But then you see what actually is happening. And it's just like, oh, no, y'all like Biden. Y'all really bought into Biden being this guy that's going to save us. And it just made me feel really weird, like almost sick to my stomach. And this goes with, I wrote it down because this is going to be a hard phrase to say. Let's see if I get it right in the first try. Politician idolization, which is basically people treating politicians like idols. And like, yes, you're going to do this. You're going to save us. Like the presidency and like Joe Biden, people looking at Joe Biden like, like literally like celebrities like oh okay swagging yo my man joe biden is so cool with his glasses and then you got kamala harris you know power to women and women of color yeah like people are like idolizing these people these politicians and i think that needs to stop asap it just needs to because it's like you like how many times is it gonna be where like you how many how long is it gonna take for people to realize that politicians don't really care about the people? They just doing what they have to to be reelected or to have enough people to vote for them. Like it's all what do you think the word politics right now is you know, it's uh it's um 
it's a synonym for just playing the game, you know, manipulating, you know, have you seen House of Cards? You know what I mean? If you've seen House of Cards and you know the politicians don't really give a fuck about anything, really. Like they like you could be an AOC where you have like strong values at first. But first of all, strong values get you nowhere in politics. So it's gonna take like two, three years for AOC to realize she's not gonna get anything done unless she plays ball and becomes a politician. And that's gonna happen and her you know, her followers are gonna be mad at her, but it just is what it is. That's just what happens when um, when you jump into the world of politics. You just have to give in. You know, you give and take. You give and take. You can't have strong values. I remember I was, you know, I tried to watch Vice, the movie Vice with my family. We only got like halfway through it because they just didn't like the politics. They weren't interested in it at all. I thought it was a pretty interesting movie. And I liked the way that they were telling the story of, you know, ex-vice president. Uh, uh, what the fuck is his name? Uh the, the one of the most popular, you know, powerful vice presidents of all time. What the fuck is his name? I'm forgetting, but it, it was played by Christian Bale. And, um, you know, in that movie, there's a part with like Christian Bale's character. It's like talking to Steve Carell's character, who's like been in politics for a long time. And then Christian Bale's character is just like, why can't I remember his fucking name? I'm going to take it. Hold on. His fucking name is, is George W. Bush and, 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 and. Why can't I remember? Bruh, it's fucked up. Now, I'm going to look it up. I'm sorry, guys. I can't I can't not remember this movie. It's so fucked up that I don't remember. God, I'm going to feel so stupid when I see his name. Please give me the name. Dick Cheney. Fucking Jesus. I don't know why, that took, why the name wasn't in my brain. Like, literally, it wasn't in my brain at all. But, yes, Dick Cheney. Um, the story of Dick Cheney and Dick Cheney's asking Steve Carell's long, I remember Steve, Steve Carell's fucking character's name. Why can't I remember that? But not Dick Cheney, who's the main character, but Dick Cheney's asking Rumsfeld. He's like, what do we believe? And then Rumsfeld like laughs for a good, like full minute. And it's like, can't even believe that kind of question. I was like, how can you ask me that question? Cause obviously the answer is nothing. You don't believe anything if you're in politics. So if we know that already, there's like documented proof. We've seen what these politicians do and how they play shit. We've seen documentaries. We've seen movies about politics. Why do we still give a fuck about these politicians? Like we should just look at them as, first of all, we should look at them as public servants. Just like you do what we tell you to do or you're going to lose your job, right? But instead people are like looking up to politicians. Who looks up to politicians? It's like people look up to, yeah, I'm going to look up to people who I know are purposefully like fucking with me and manipulating me and, and tricking me and lying to my face. I'm going to idolize these people. It's tokenism and people, if you can't see past it, I don't know what to tell you, man. But I mean, when I saw the timeline, the, like the Twitter timeline and Instagram, people just going crazy over Biden and Kamala, like being, being president and vice president, like. Like I said, if it was, oh, we finally got Trump out of office, I would agree with that. Trump was fucking damaging the country for very selfish reasons, which is the craziest part of it. He just wanted to win. He wanted, he was willing to damage democracy just to win. But that's not what people were celebrating because Trump wasn't mentioned once. They actually were excited for Biden and Kamala, and that made me sick to my stomach. So I just can't believe people still, like, idolize politicians like that. It's crazy to me. I don't understand it, and we'll never understand it. Uh, but yeah, I saw that, the, you know, this week and uh, this past week. And I was just like, I can't believe this is happening. Um, but all right, let me move on to something more important than the the presidential inauguration that happened this past week. And this is that Michael B. Jordan and Lori Harvey are having an amazing time. Their relationship looks so cool, so photogenic. I'm looking at those pictures and be like, mm, girl, kill that shit. And I'm looking at Michael B. Jordan was like, mm, are you posting tweets about... Yo, you know, he, she loves it here, and she's like, he loves it here. They both love it there, wherever the fuck they're at. You know what I mean? They're having the the, the, the they're having the time of their lives. They're calling paparazzi to take pictures of them fucking in pools and, like, in oceans, like, kissing each other. They're grabbing each other's titties. Uh, <laughs> Lori Harvey's grabbing Michael B. Jordan's titties, and, and Michael B. Jordan's doing the same. They're having an incredible relationship, and it almost looks so photogenic. No, here's what I'm going to say. This is the statement I'm going to make. 
Their relationship is too photogenic. So I know something's fishy going on. There's something really, really fucking fishy about what the fuck is going on with these with this relationship. I just got a text. Let me see who texts me. My friend Cameo, she's three fucking minutes. That's long. Uh, I'm going to listen to it. Cameo, if you're listening to this, I am going to listen after I'm done recording. Uh, if you're listening to this in the future, you probably don't even remember. You sent me that message, but whatever. Um, yeah, I, it's just, it doesn't, I, I don't believe that relationship that Michael B. Jordan and Lori Harvey have. It seems too planned out. To be honest, like, it feels like a press rollout. Like, like a press run. Like, it seems like they're going to roll out something. Don't be surpri- the pr- surprised if, if, like, a month from now, either of them drop something and then that maybe have to do with each other or maybe separately, that it's like, oh, see, and now it's connected to the relationship somehow. I can just see them dropping something because it just feels too advertising. Like, you ever see something that just feels like, Listen, I took an advertising class in college. Like, now I'm seeing a lot of things that I see in, in media and, in, you know, everywhere with, like, a weird, like, side eye. Like, are you trying to sell something to me? Like, this would be the perfect way for either Lori or Michael B. Jordan to sell something to the public right now. They have them in their palm of their hands. It feels weird. It doesn't feel authentic. Even the pairing of them, too, almost feels too perfect. But that's because they're, like damn near perfect people superficially like michael b jordan is a very handsome guy people have pointed out that he looks like steve harvey and that's (laughs) that is hilarious because it's true it it really does look like steve harvey uh uh, like a steve oh shit bro that's kind of wild think about that no no hold on stop 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 everything if you're listening if you're driving stop if you're doing something stop and listen to what i'm gonna say right now <laughs> Michael B. Jordan, if you put them side by side, especially with the mustache, they look identical. Michael B. Jordan and Steve Harvey, right? So that's point that's worth pointing out in and of itself, right? Like you just you just saying that it's worth pointing out. But then you make the connection that Lori Harvey is Steve Harvey's dad. Yeah, let's just pretend that made sense. Lori Harvey is Steve Harvey's dad. You know what I'm trying to say. Don't fucking side-eye me. Steve Harvey is Lori Harvey's dad. Michael B. Jordan looks like Steve Harvey. Is there some weird incestuous shit going on? Or like some Oedipus complex type shit? Where like Lori Harvey's attracted to Michael B. Jordan because she he reminds her of his dad? Which, by the way, that sounds weird and gross. Yeah, I can't believe you would suggest that. You need to stop and realize that, listen, Oedipus was right in some, in some ways, you know what I mean? Because, like, it is something that a lot of psychologists have pointed out, that, like, in our relationships, we so, sort of look forward, or we sort of are attracted to figures that remind us of, if you're a guy, your mom, or if you're a girl, your dad, right? Like, that's something that I, there's studies based on this, that, like, you know, subconsciously, we're just looking for our parents in a romantic sense, which goes with the Oedipus complex of like, apparently Oedipus, you know what it is? Oedipus kind of took it too far. You know, Oedipus pointed that out. It's like, there's something fishy going on with like your parents and then the person that you love or you, the person you're attracted to. He took it too far. It was like, you want to fuck your parents. Everybody's like, whoa, chill Oedipus. What the fuck are you talking about? You got to relax. But what is right and what I think is right is that we know that we or we are we are incapable of being romantically attracted to our parents, but their qualities, since they were nurturing to us, are so ingrained in us and what we look for in a partner that now when you're looking for somebody else, you know what I mean? When you're looking for a partner, you want that sort of parental or maternal connection combined with the attraction right i think that's something that we can actually you know say i think that's something i can say at least and um that's uh the logical explanation for michael b jordan and Lori harvey <laughs> being in a relationship <laughs> bro i love this podcast i love my fucking brain i love where shit goes i just started from uh 
you know, eh, you know, it's their their relationship seem like a press front to they're attracted to each other because they're because <laughs> or they're dating because Lori Harvey sees her dad in Michael B. Jordan, bro. Am I ever? I mean, I can't see how I become mainstream if I say something like that. That's ridiculous. But I mean, my strategy when I do become really popular and I know a lot of people are watching it, right? Like I have a, a big amount of influence. It's just like pretend the person I'm talking I'm, I'm talking about is listening and then talk to them and clear things up. So Michael B. Jordan or Lori Harvey, if you guys are listening to this, I'm just kind of joking, half joking, half not. It's just a, a you know observation. I'm not insinuating that you guys are incestuous, not at all. I explained the whole Oedipus thing. It's just you know just putting that out there. Um, <laughs> It's ridiculous. How did that go? I mean, listen, that's going to be a marketing tactic for me. It's going to be like, listening to the Empty Opinions podcast. You never know where each conversation or topic is going to end up. <laughs> you never know. I just went into the Oedipus Complex combined with Michael B. Jordan and Lori Harvey. But, yeah, that's that. Um, all right. One more thing I want to talk about. Is the vaccine rollout? Talk about shitty rollouts. I mean, whatever. Listen, the vaccine is having a way worse rollout than whatever Michael B. Jordan and Lori Harvey's relationship is going to end up advertising or selling. Because, I mean, the, the fucking vaccine. Think about it. Like, we've been waiting for a vaccine ever since March, right? Not that it was going to come, like, last March. We, we didn't think it was going to come, like right away but we're like in order like all the elected officials are like in order for life to go back to normal we need a vaccine we need a vaccine we're gonna have to wait a long time five years for a vaccine then the vaccine came in within a year and now everybody and then all the elected officials are like yes now we're gonna start vaccinating people and by the fall of 2021 we're gonna be great and then we were all like Awesome. That's great. Finally, I'm going to be able to go to concerts and clubs and shit. Right? Right? No. <laughs> and you know why? It's not because our people are anti-vax. You know, that's one of those, you know, um, narratives that they're putting out there. It's like, you know, it's so many people that are anti-vax. Not really. It's only like 5% at most that are just like, I don't know about vaccines, bro. I don't trust vaccines. I'll wait until my friends get it or my cousins get it. I'll see other people get it and then whatever, which is just what happens with everything, like early adopters and then the general consumer follows right afterwards. So they're, I feel like a lot of places are going to start blaming the way that how slow people are getting vaccinated on anti-vax people. It's like nobody wants to take it. That's why it's so slow. No, we got to talk about how, how shitty this rollout of the vaccines have been. I mean, listen, I saw a story that apparently like a big ass box of vaccines were stolen in New York, bro. What the fuck is going on that they're stealing vaccines in New York? Like, how are you handling this? And then you're seeing, like, they were expecting a large amount of people to get vaccines by a certain time, and it's slow, like, it's not even half of what they expected now with the people getting the vaccines. And the only thing that can be blamed is the government. Back to the government. I mean, listen, the government has fucked up everything in the past year after the the pandemic started it really exposed how weak how how like um ill-equipped our government is to provide for us like that's what it's that's what it's shown like both federal and local like it's been horrible and now this fucking vaccine rollout it's just showing that yeah it's not really you know what i mean like they're not really doing their job correctly that's what this shows me like i can't believe that we have the vaccines now they're made they're like up to three vaccines out there that people can choose from. And people are, are going to, like, high-risk people have to wait until, like, April to get a vaccine. What the fuck is going on? It can't be that crazy to get people the vaccines. Like, it really can't. That, and, and that just makes me mad that now the burden of, you know, society coming back and gelling back together into what it used to be and being normal now rests in the hands of the government. The same government that fucked the... the you know, our society in the first place with not knowing how to handle it. Now they got their vaccines in their hands and they don't know what to do. They're lost. It's, it's it, like they're, they're taking their sweet ass time. They don't, they don't, they haven't figured out a good way of getting it quickly to other people. 
with this, it's like, you know, there's been a lot of talk of, like, people going out and, like, partying and doing this and then putting people in danger and a lot of people dying and that's because nobody's respecting the quarantine. That's true. That's definitely true, and I want to acknowledge that. But I think a big part of how shitty, you know, how crazy, how bad we've gotten with, like, how much the, the COVID-19 has affected us, right? A big part of it is just the government is inept. I think that's what we've learned. We've seen it from mayors to, like, different places. Like, it's just inept, and they don't know what the fuck they're doing. So now people thought the solution was going to be, all right, y'all, let's all get vaccinated. Well, meanwhile, no, that's not the solution because the government doesn't know what the fuck it's doing even with that. So now people that should be getting vaccinated right fucking now, you know, if we were a competent country, are going to have to get vaccinated in fucking April. It's ridiculous. Um, but yeah, the, the I can't believe how bad the vaccine rollout has been. And the government can't blame anybody but themselves. They don't know what the fuck they're doing. It's not anti-vax, people. Don't let anybody convince you of that. That's not why the rollout has been so slow. And there hasn't been that many people that have gotten vaccinated. It's really because of our government. They don't know what the fuck they're doing. Um, yeah, it, it, it's crazy how... It's just ridiculous. I can't believe it's like now that we have the actual thing. It's like we're so close to a good to, like to coming back to normal. And now the government is preventing us from that. Once again, they just keep making the wrong decisions. Listen, the government should be the one with issues trusting themselves, not me. You know what I mean? They always make the wrong decisions. I never did the wrong decisions when I was younger. So like they should be the ones with the complex of never and not knowing who to trust and having tr the opposite of trust issues. The government should have the opposite of trust issues, not me. <laughs> oh God, it's hilarious. It's crazy how bad it's been. But um, yeah, that's that. Uh, but the last topic I want to talk about, the last rant I want to rant about in this ranty rant, 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 is um, Griselda possibly breaking up. And this has been really crazy because I've seen it unfold and there's plenty of evidence that this is happening. And I was listening to the Joe Budden podcast and they were talking about, hey, we're not going to report on this. There's is that substantiated when we want to put that out there in the universe. What? Conway put that in the universe. If you don't know, Griselda is a hip hop group. They're bringing 90s boom bap, like really grimy rap back. And they've been really successful at it. And they've been getting the attention from them near the whole hip hop community, right? Anybody who likes, like, just rap, they, they've gotten their attention. They were signed to Eminem, not signed, signed to Jay Z. Like, the big hitters in the hip hop community know about them. And that includes Conway the Machine, Benny the Butcher, and West Side Gun. But, um,. Conway has been hinting at there might be some sort of issue because Conway wasn't included in the recently released movie, Conflicted. And so a lot of people have been asking Conway, Conway, how come none of your music or even you are in this movie and that is supposed to be Griselda and you're in Griselda? He's like, I don't know. He's like been really like catty about it. It was like, what are you talking about? I don't know what you mean. I don't know who those guys are. I'm grinding. I don't know what the fuck is going on. So he's been really kind of mysterious with like what is going on. And I just, you know, and there's not much to it besides that. But I think it is worth pointing out that Conway seems to be unhappy with the Griselda group. And there is a notable exception. For, you know, how do I say this? Like Conway's not in their movie or their soundtrack for the movie that is supposed to be Griselda's first movie. So that's weird, right? Like, that's definitely sketchy. And then you add how Conway's reacting to all of it. It's just sketchy all around. And um, I just hope they fix it. I just hope they figure it out. Because they haven't been successful for that long. It's been, like, two years. Like, 2019 to 2020s. When I think last year was when they really blew up as a group. Like, Griselda. Like, people really knew. Like, they're starting to become more and more mainstream. So I just hope they figure it out. Because, you know, Griselda has been one of those groups that, like, People are starting to compare it to like a um, a Wu Tang Clan or like a, a, a Deluxe, like a classic hip hop group, because groups haven't been a thing for a long time now. They they also kind of brought that back, like a hip hop group that has we hadn't we hadn't really seen that in a while. So I just hope nothing is going on. Hopefully they resolve they resolve their issues, right? Because I would hate to see Griselda, one of the most exciting groups coming up, to break up. I think they'll be fine as individual rappers. And I'm sure they will do the thing where, like, they will still make features for each, for each other. 
Like, I think that will still happen regardless. But I just hope Griselda itself stays together because it would just be a sad day in hip-hop if that happened. And um, I tweeted this the other day. I was just like, is it weird that I give a fuck more that Conway might be leaving Griselda than I do the inauguration? Or, like, the Biden is president now. Like, that meant fucking nothing to me. Meanwhile, I saw Conway, like, tweeting cryptic tweets. And I was just like, fuck, man. Don't leave Griselda, bro. I, I, you know, we're so fucked up. Don't do it. <laughs> but, yeah. Hopefully, they don't break up. And hopefully, they resolve their issues. All right. That was the episode. Thank you guys so much for listening to episode 106 of the Empty Opinions Podcast with Vladi Polanco. And I'll catch you guys next week. For episode 107 of the main show, there might be a bonus opinions on the on the channel and or podcast feed. Uh, we'll see. Maybe not. Who knows? But, you know, what is guaranteed is episode 107 next week, next Monday. Thank you guys so much for listening and or watching, and I'll catch you guys next week.